I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Euro Trip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast for the final time. This is it. This is our last episode of the Eurovision 2022 season. James, don't know about you, but I'm getting a little bit emotional. Oh, honestly, I was getting a bit nervous there. The way you were building up there, I thought you were just going to say this is the last episode ever. Let's just rule that out straight away. We will be back. It's the last one of the season, of the 2022 season. I can't believe it's coming to an end already. I know. I mean, what a roller coaster we have had over the last few months since we got back on board this horse that we call the Eurotrip podcast, and have ridden it all the way from Rotterdam to Turin. And wow, what an eventful journey it has been. But yeah, this is it. We've finally reached the final episode of the season. So should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get on with the final episode of the season of the Eurotrip. As you know, Alessandro always said, take it away. Hi, we are Davio Dakamagnet, and you're listening to Eurotrip. I don't close any doors. I love Eurovision. I love Berlin and it will always be a part of me. That night, I found myself live on Russian state television for, for Russia's Song for Europe. I said to Joe, send BBC Teenage Life. Maybe two weeks later, I was at a press conference and I was on Making Your Mind Up. Everyone was like, Eldar, come, celebrate with us. The end of filming, they put honey on my face and I needed to be, you know, sexy with this honey on my face. Hi there, my name is Martin Estadal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. Me, James. And this week, because... As we've already said, we've had quite the roller coaster, and it's our final episode of the season. We're going to relive some of our best moments over the last few months. 
I'm so, so proud of all of the best bits that we could possibly bring you on today's episode as well, because it's safe to say we've been on such a magnificent journey with you guys since last May, since Rotterdam came to an end. We brought you the contest and me, of course. That was our first reappearance after the 2021 contest. Then we brought you some live coverage from Paris. Rob, we also went to Sweden to cover Melody Festivalen. You say we brought some live coverage from Paris. We didn't quite bring some live coverage from Paris, did we? But that was a story in itself. Maybe that was foreshadowing what would happen in Turin a few months later. But yeah, we covered the junior contest, as you said. Yeah, we chatted to such brilliant people. You mentioned the contest and me. We had Petra Meda on the contest and me. Talking to Sweden, we got Krista Bjorkman back on the podcast. We spoke to the Irish head of delegation, Michael Keeley. We chatted to Anna Bergendahl and James, she lied to you. Oh, yes, of course. Remember the return of Anna Bergendahl. We spoke to her last autumn and she said, no, I'm not doing Melody Festival. And a few weeks later, we found out she was doing Melody Festival. And we chatted to her again. That was great. And Rob, Jan Olesand. Jan Olesand himself, Mr. Take It Away, was on the podcast over the last few months. So, oh. Honestly, we have been so fortunate to have you with us for the ride and also so fortunate to chat to all of those brilliant guests. But thank you so much for joining us. And for one final time, you're listening on Acast, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is The Euro Trip. So thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of The Euro Trip. We will remind you, the last one of the season, but not the last episode ever. I can promise you we will be back later on in the year with some very special stuff planned. So make sure you keep uh, keep in touch with us across social media at Eurotrip Podcast. It's probably the best place to find out what's next for us. But just a quick shout out to the person who tweeted us a couple of weeks ago. You heard Rob say there, you're listening on Acast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I can't find your tweet, but somebody, Rob, tweeted us a couple of weeks ago and said, I'm one of those listeners who doesn't listen on Acast, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yeah, fair play to you for calling us out, like completely fair enough. However, can you imagine if we read out every single place people can find the podcast? (laughs) You're listening on Acast, on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor, on Google Podcasts. Honestly, we'd be here forever. We'd be here until Eurovision 2023. I was pleased to hear as well you reiterate once again that this isn't the last episode ever because I was worried that this podcast might end with some sort of emotional montage music and me and you walking into the sunset, and that would be the end. But <laughs> we'll be back, promise. Yeah, definitely. So um, so stay tuned for some more coverage later on in the year. Uh, but just a quick one, Rob. Shall we look back at last week? Because we brought you a very special interview on last week's episode, uh, an interview that you did, Rob. Yeah, that's right. So there was only one chat that we felt that we could bring you last week in light of Ukraine's victory at Eurovision, of course. And that was their commentator, Timur Moroshnichenko. He's been commentating on Eurovision for Ukrainian television for a really, really long time. He's been involved in Eurovision in various different roles since 2007. And it was a really emotional interview, just him bearing his soul, really, telling us what that Ukrainian victory at the Eurovision Song Contest in Turin has meant, not just to him, but to the Ukrainian people. And it's really nice to see that that 
also kind of came across for you listening and it resonated with so many of you. Like Europops tweeted us a fabulous and touching interview. Great stuff. Europops, by the way, who do absolutely incredible. I'm really going to now demean what they do because I'm not going to get the phrasing right. I was going to say <laughs> cartoons. That's not correct. It's like pop art. That's why they're called Europops, James. I've got it. <laughs> Well done, well done. You got there in the end. Um, but no, we got so many other nice messages, didn't we? It was um, it was great to see such a huge reaction. We love doing episodes that get so many of you engaged. Um, a shout out to um, Kiriakos on Twitter as well. He said, what a great interview. It puts Ukraine's win into perspective. It certainly does. Uh, and as well, from Joanna on Twitter, she said, I was really hoping that someone would interview Timur in English. Rob? Well done for interviewing him in English. Uh, She says there's some really significant Eurovision and European history happening at the moment. So it's vital we get as many perspectives as possible. So, yeah, well done, Rob, for, for bringing us that last week. Oh, well, thank you. It was the only thing we could do last week. So very pleased that uh, we were able to pull it off. And thank you to to Timor for finding time in his incredibly busy schedule to to have a chat to us. And also should say thank you to Adrian and Vince as well. I know you tweeted us. Uh, James, very quickly, an email from Fergus floods in, flooded in last week. Mm -hmm. And I realised that we've not replied to it in our inbox, which is just rude if you ask me. Well, what we could do then, instead of typing out a reply, we could just read out our reply and we don't have to actually go through the, the bother of re- replying physically. Do you reply to an email physically? What do I mean? Digitally? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I know what you I mean. You send the listeners letters if you really want to. Then you could really <laughs> be replying physically. Uh, yeah, so Fergus, thank you for your email and apologies we've not replied yet. Um, the reason we've not replied is I don't think we really have an answer, to be honest. Uh, Fergus says, hi, gents. Uh, first up, huge thanks for the run of shows leading up to the big night. Especially enjoyed James's 25-year document. Oh, didn't everybody? Oh. <laughs> Hope life is getting back to normal after all the shenanigans in Turin. Just about. Uh, I wanted to ask about the mysterious jury incident on the night. I can't find a straight answer online as to what happened, how it was discovered, and what was done. Will there be penalties? I wondered if you could shed any light. Many thanks in advance. Fergus. Not really. No, not really. Can you? I was going to say, I don't think anybody can really provide provide an answer on that one at the moment. I think it just been developed into such a huge story that we haven't quite got to the end of it. So sorry that we can't give an answer right now. Maybe an answer will miraculously appear over the next few weeks and months. I feel like this story's got legs yet. This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So this is the Eurotrip Podcast. We will be back very, very soon. But for now, this is the last episode of the season. What a season it has been. You've been there for the ride. You've been with us. Thank you very much for joining us, of course, everybody. And also, if you're a new listener, if you joined us for our coverage of Turin from Margarita's Kitchen and you've hung around afterwards, you're very, very welcome. But we've already mentioned on today's episode how fortunate we've been to speak to so many fascinating people over the last few months. And James, none more so, and especially none more so lovely, I guess, than the guys from We Are Dommy. 
Yeah, Czech Republic's entry at Eurovision 2022, of course. They were the first act for 2022 that we spoke to on the podcast. We spoke to them back in January and we both chatted to them and we thought that was lovely. And we know the listeners are going to love that. How about we try and speak to them every month, try and develop a bit of a diary to find out exactly what the process is once you've been selected, what that journey is like. And we ended up speaking to them every single month up to the the grand final, of course, a couple of weeks ago. And then at the other day, we thought, let's get them on one more time to find out how they reflect on the whole few months that have just been and gone. Yeah, the last time you will have heard from them on this podcast was on the turquoise carpet. So ahead of what was, of course, a very exciting Eurovision week for them. They were in the second semi-final. They qualified. They finished fourth in that semi-final, obviously qualified, and then ended up opening the grand final. So we're going to ask them about all of that, what that experience was like. And also, I just wanted to share this with you because... We've got various means of kind of getting in touch with the, the the guys from the band. And I reached out to them on Instagram, basically, to say, any chance, like, I know you're super busy and you're really tired after Eurovision, so maybe it won't work for you. But I reached out to them and said, oh, we'd love to have you back on the podcast. Everybody listening has loved hearing your updates. Is there any chance? And then uh, Benjamin from the band got back in touch and he said, uh, sorry about the lack of replying had a bit of a break for our brains last week. Honestly, I mean, fair enough. But we got yeah, them on. Yeah, that's totally understandable. That's totally understandable why they'd want to have a break. I would too. Ah, oh, so this is what happened when we had a lovely catch-up with the loveliest people ever, Benjamin, Casper, and Dominica from We Are Dommy. And you're going to hear mention of The Huntsman. What is The Huntsman, I hear you ask? It's a pub in Turin. It's where me and James had dinner with the boys from Aussie Vision and a few drinks. But it turns out the Czech group were also very big fans. So here's what happened when we caught up with the guys from We Are Dommy a little bit earlier this week. So here we are again, catching up with the trio, that is, We Are Dommy. I think I've lost track the amount of times we've actually spoken to you on the podcast, but it is the first time we've spoken to you in the aftermath of Eurovision 2022. How does it feel to have finally closed that chapter? It does seem like it's a long time ago, but it's just over a week ago. Yeah. 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 And it's... it feels amazing, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> No, I feel uh, like, of course, there's parts that I miss, but there's also uh, no just uh, just the pressure and all the all the time spent on um, on doing what we actually did in the grand final. Um, now looking back at it, really good memories, but I'm so happy it's over as well. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> no, but it's it's been six months of working on one song constantly and. We actually never tired of the song, which was amazing because every other song we make always you tend to get sick of the song a bit when you're already just in the studio with the song. But I think the story around the song, we were in fact in Eurovision with it, made it tolerable <laughs> like to deal with it for six months. But right now it's super nice to be able to start on fresh music and uh, yeah, just use all the inspiration we've gotten half the past half year just locked inside just finally let it all out but it's a bit bittersweet because uh, obviously it was such an amazing amazing experience and uh, we do miss all the people we met there and uh, but yeah it's it's uh, it's bittersweet it's nice to be 
free. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job that you're not tired of the song yet, because something tells me you're probably going to be asked to perform the song just a few more times, a few more kids <laughs> over the years. Definitely. Most probably. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's uh, that's just fun. Like, every song is... Don't, well, don't take my word for it. I'm sure if you ask, like, aha, if they still like performing Take On Me, they m might <laughs> have a different answer. But just hearing so many people sing the song back is something we'll never tire of, definitely. The last time that we caught up with you guys was actually on the turquoise carpet, I think, at the, the opening ceremony before, of course, you took to the stage for the semi-final. So let's go back. Let's kind of pick up the story because, you know, we've been following you for, for months now. So it only seems right to, to cover off everything that's happened since then. The best video I have ever seen, genuinely, is the video that you guys put on your social media of the moment that you realised that you'd qualified for the grand final. What was that moment like? Because me and James were messaging each other on the, the night of your semi-final. Like, they've got to get through. Surely they're going to get through. And then you guys did get through. If people haven't seen that video, they have to go and check it out. But what was that moment like when Czech Republic qualifier was read out? Like I had a, cause we didn't know if we were definitely going to qualify. We were just like hoping for the best as we did also like in our national final, we were just like, okay, let's just like hope and see what happens. But I can't believe that we got announced second. I was like, nice. Now we can relax. Cause I was thinking like, okay, if we do go through, maybe it will be like all the way towards the end, maybe if that does happen. So it was super nice. Thank you, EBU, for announcing us like the second place so then we could get out all the happiness. The second finalist who can celebrate is... The Czech Republic. And then we were just kind of rooting for for others um, that we yeah because it was it's always nice like when your friends go through and we say that that we were just sitting there rooting for the others but mainly for, I didn't think I don't think we got the next five announcements because we were still just in a lead like yeah, yeah. <laughs> no we were just crazy screaming and uh, we couldn't believe it and then we realized like the eighth country to get announced or something yeah. and we were like oh shit uh, yeah. <laughs> we got through. <laughs> No, it was so nice. I remember our head of press wasn't in the green room with us. So I met them like in the hall and he like grabbed me and started like jumping up and down with me. And I bit the inside of my mouth because I was smiling so much. But then he was like nudging my mm. my chin like into my so I bit the inside. I was like definitely bleeding anyway. But like <laughs> it, was all, it was beautiful. Like I'm so happy yeah. that we had um our camera woman that could uh, film these moments. Mm, and what and... you don't see in this video is uh, Ahmad, our head of press, coming before he does that super wholesome hug. He's coming there running with a champagne bottle and spraying it on all the artists. And you can see like Cornelia just sprinting <laughs> outside. Everyone is like, don't fuck up my costume. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? But we just didn't care. We were like, yeah, cover me in all your champagne. We made it to the final. Like, yeah, it was, uh, that's definitely the, best moments I had personally in Eurovision. Yeah. And how much can you actually celebrate that night? Because once we found out the result, it was a fourth place finish in that semi-final, which is a really impressive result for, for anybody, not least the Czech Republic. But 
how much are you actually celebrating on that night compared to how much you're still having to focus on the first of all the Friday night because obviously that's the jury show and then the Saturday night so how do you sort of balance that we we had one beer, we had one beer. Had one and beer, then yeah. we went straight to sleep since it was also the practice for the flag parade at nine in the morning yeah. we we had to be clever that was that was the only only thing that was a bit down of actually getting through was ah now we have to go to that flag parade but of course that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't in our minds um when we got through um but of course it was amazing and we didn't actually celebrate that much uh, except for screaming jumping up and down for for an hour mm-hmm. and then we was straight to bed yeah and Domi did scream a bit in the beginning and then Cornelia just came up like you can't scream or something like when I'm scre- when you see me screaming on TV, I'm not screaming. I'm just doing this, like, like opening my- <laughs> You're not making a sound because you got to save your voice. When did you actually find out you'd be opening the grand final? Was it on the Thursday night or did you have to wait until you woke up the following morning? Well, it was on the, you, you had gone to bed. I definitely found out the last. Yeah, but we, we did find out actually, we did find out sort of, Half an hour after the semi-final, Ahmad did tell us, guys, you are definitely going to open the grand final now. And we were like, yeah, we trust you. You haven't been wrong so far. So <laughs> then three hours later, he got the message. You guys are actually opening the grand final at like 2, 3 a.m. or something yeah. when we got back from the arena. I definitely found, like, I didn't really, uh, not that I didn't care, but I was like, uh, whatever happens, happens. It's not like we can swap places or anything. <laughs> So I think I found out I was definitely the last. Um, I was like, okay, yeah, that's free. That's oh yeah, free. you actually asked in the taxi on the way to the flag parade, didn't you? Like, yeah, I was like, oh, when are we actually performing? Performing, yeah. guys. And you're like, oh, you don't know. And I was like, oh, no. I, I didn't even like try looking it up. I was just like, oh, well, just tell me when they tell me. But I wasn't really eager to find out. I just was like, okay, I know that it's the first half, and whenever they make us play, I'll be on stage. <laughs> it will be there. <laughs> and what was it like to? to perform in that first slot because I think me and James said on the podcast in the build-up that it was a great spot mainly because it meant that you could just perform and then enjoy yourselves like you could perform watch everybody else perform have some drinks is that how it turned out or what is actually the reality of being first on it's it's kind of scary uh but at the same time it's it's just as you said it's going to the green room and sitting there and being done with everything, you know, you can't go back and change anything. It's done. Uh, but actually standing uh, back or behind stage doing the line check. And then we had to stand there for 40 minutes. Uh, and then it was the flag parade. And then we just had to go straight back. So we didn't get to do all the kind of rituals we, we started doing in the semifinal when we were last. Uh, so it was a bit weird, but it was also of course, an honor to opening the grand final. And as you said, it was so nice just sitting back and relaxing and watching all the other acts uh, from the green room. Yeah, which uh, we didn't get yeah. to do in the in the semi. So and it was also nice seeing the people from the first semi that got through and see their acts, mm-hmm. um, some of which that we were also like really like I was excited to see Portugal mm-hmm. and yeah. And Amanda and yeah, and a couple of basically everyone, because obviously what you see, because we actually watched the first semifinal at the Huntsman. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And obviously it's completely different than being in the arena. So it was was cool. Like I'm, yeah, I I was just happy that we had the honor of opening and then we could just relax and just enjoy the show and enjoy 
Mika playing and all the other acts. Mm. But it was nerve wracking, like Casper said. To since the five first acts have to do the sound check first and then just stand behind the stage while you wait for every other country to get down and get ready for the flag parade, you know. And uh, yeah, I remember ten minutes before we went on for the flag parade, Domi was like, "Guys, I really have to be." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you can't because you already have like your um. What do you call it bearing or no yeah no like, like the, the one yeah. and i was like no i i i'm gonna have to pee and they were like nah. and i was like okay i'll just find a nice lady and she'll like hold it for me or something or you know and and then they were like you're not and then it was funny because we went back to the green room a couple of songs went by and i think some other artist that was also with us in like the first five was like did you get to pee and i was like I forgot I needed to pee. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Germany or I don't, no, I don't know. Probably Portugal, since maybe they were Portugal. standing just behind us in the yeah, yeah. queue. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, true. And then I didn't <laughs> need to pee anyway for like another like two hours. Yeah, and it was fine. there was one moment where I was like, yeah, let's actually get you to pee so you don't have to worry about that before you open up the grand final. So I just started like walking a bit and then suddenly the big wall opened behind me and you can see the audience just like appearing behind us. And I was like, let's, let's not go pee now. <laughs> <laughs> what was the moment or when was the moment when you kind of had that big release that you knew everything was over was it after you'd stepped off the stage and you got to sort of relax a little bit in the green room when is that moment of just pure release uh for me it was right after after right after we played uh then it was such a huge relief since you knew you had done everything you could and it was kind of done yeah i think for me it was also the relief of now I can just relax and watch our friends and fellow fellow uh, Eurovision friends yeah, do their thing. So I think it was just straight after because we, yeah, like Casper said, we knew that we can't really change anything at that point. Yeah, just yeah. straight after. I think the exact moment for me was when we sat down in the sofa in the green room, definitely. Yeah. Like it's still the same procedure that you've done every single day going from the stage to the in-ear dress-off, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. Yeah, undress room yeah. <laughs> where they take off the in-ears. And that was still the same schedule as always. And then go past all the people in the hallway saying, hi, hi, thank you, thank you. And all of that same procedure as every single day. But once we sat down in the sofas, it was like, yeah. you know. How proud of you are, the, uh, are you of the two performances that you did in Turin live on TV? Especially for you, Domi, because of course there's so much focus on you center stage with those vocals. How proud of you looking back of those performances are you? Very, very. I think like, I think I'm mostly, because I always like think about the, the emotions that I get straight after I perform and I'm a, uh, I cry a lot. <laughs> And every single, um, every single time I got off stage, I got like super emotional. So I knew like that means like, I've done well, I've done my job. And obviously like, I don't get only emotional because of myself, but it's like, because like the whole project and stuff. And it's not even about like, I don't want to let people down. It's more just like, 
like we did that it's more in a positive way i wouldn't change anything because yeah i would maybe eat a bit less pizza next time <laughs> <laughs> your vision body isn't a thing ben we've learned that now yeah. it's not a thing <laughs> <laughs> these are the things. These are the things that you uh, you only learn after doing Eurovision after the event. <laughs> yeah, no, but joking aside, I'm also super proud of her. Like so much, she's grown now for the past months, and obviously during the pre-parties, you saw that her confidence wasn't at the peak, you know, for uh, performance-wise. And then just going to the arenas, she just proved it day by day, day after day, that she can go on that stage in front of almost eight thousand people and kill it and also not only kill it but she learned how to enjoy it while being there because it's easy to go on stage play for two minutes and then suddenly you have one minute like shit i forgot to enjoy this and then you try to enjoy that last minute but you could see domi actually enjoying it throughout the song and that was yeah really nice to see and now the three of you will forever be at the time that we're you know speaking now 2022 you're one of the czech republic's best ever results at the eurovision song contest you've got a combined i think five million streams on the two versions of lights off on 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 spotify on the the eurovision version and on the version that was originally released and you mention the journey continues which of course it does so what is next? I think I saw on your Twitter account that you'd had a meeting with your booking agent and things were looking really good. So what is what is happening next? What can people look forward to? Loads of concerts. Loads. Yeah. I, I was just thinking like, it's nice because it's always good going on vocal rest because um, it's not necessary to like push yourself like crazy. And of course, like before Eurovision, I had to like really be on top of it because obviously it's like a muscle that you need to keep up to date. Um, but now I've like, I've fully been vocal, like I haven't properly sang for like a full week. And then after our booking agent meeting, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to start again, which is, which is lovely. Which I'm like, which I'm super happy about. Um, and I'm super grateful for having like one week of not needing to, you know, like stress about like, Oh, was that a cough? Oh no, 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 no. Or like, uh, I can't like drink tonight or anything because like obviously it's just nice to have a beer and not be like oh no like this will affect my my uh my vocal cords so yeah uh june is mental fully just booked out like there's some days where we're doing like three gigs in a row which is which we haven't really um experienced in the past so yes we did last week in your okay version. fine yeah, <laughs> yeah so we have the summer fully booked up here in czech republic and then hopefully towards the autumn, fall, uh, we want to try to get looking outside of uh, Czech Republic as well and see if we can go get some sweet gigs around in Europe as well because we've gotten the little taste of it, you know, playing in different cities now and it was such a, such a cool feeling. And uh, yeah, I, I don't want to wait too long before we experience, for example, Spanish fans again. And uh, yeah, we got so many countries to test out <laughs> <laughs> well guys we we are fast running out of time i've got one last one quick one from me if you had to collab with a, another one of the class of 2022 another one of the eurovision artists who do you think would be top of the list mm. Mm. so many to choose from i said i you... said one last quick one you weren't allowed all this thing oh, no, 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 like really quick fire 
In uh, terms of who would fit us the most or whose music we like the most, who would make it the craziest song? Like, there's the, so oh, many... go on then. The craziest song. What would be the craziest We Are Dommy collab? So, like, the sort of the most unfitting one. Yeah, still, yeah, let's, yeah, let's that do one. that. I want to see We Are Dommy Circus Mercus. That's what I want to see. Ooh. That could have been cool. That could have <laughs> yeah, because they're a bit proggy, and me and Casper used to be massively into that sort of type of genre. So, our producer really liked him, uh, them. Yeah, well. yeah. Time is running out. We've got to say goodbye. But before we do that, my last question from you is what advice would you have for anyone thinking of entering Eurovision 2023? Should they do it? Do, do it. it. Do it. Just do it. Just yeah. do it. Give it a try and go uh, go into it as we did. No, uh, go into it just like taking it as an amazing experience rather than like oh, am I going to win or am I going to embarrass myself or all these like negative or two, like just go with it with like an open, an open heart and an open mind as well. Mm. Um, because either way, like even if it doesn't go up to how you would want it to or if it goes either way, like you're still going to get an amazing experience. You're going to have people finding out about your music and that's really like the core of what every musician wants when you're starting you just want people to find out about you and you want to make a difference in someone's like day just from mm. them listening to music so there's no uh harm in, yeah. in doing that you'll only uh you'll only help yourself out and when it comes to competition like there's no you know competition isn't the the main like thing that you should be focusing on it should be how to grow and experience things in life this is the Euro Trip. You're listening to the Euro Trip, and maybe for the final time on our podcast, we are Domi, the guys from the Czech Republic, the Czech Republic's representatives for Eurovision 2022. They've been on the podcast every single month between January and now, and so nice just to round off their journey. And it sounds like they've got so much to look forward to, and hopefully. A UK gig, maybe, in the not-too-distant future? Oh, that would be good fun. I promised them there, didn't I? I said, we're going to leave you alone for (laughs) a few months now. You can enjoy your life without the Euro trip. But if they end up coming back to the UK, I'll be the first one to buy a ticket. Because, yeah, I'd love to be able to go and see them perform live. I wish them all the best for the future. And I'm sure you agree with us listening. And yes, thank you so much to Benjamin, Casper, Dominica, and also the rest of the Czech team as well that have helped bring us the Dommy Diaries over the last few months. And yeah, who knows what Eurovision has got in store for the Czech Republic in 2023. But I hope that they realise, whoever it is that ends up representing the Czech Republic next year, that they'll have to be on this podcast every single... No, I'm joking. Oh dear, but shall we, as promised at the start of today's episode, shall we bring you some of our best bits, some of our favourite moments over the last, oh, what is it, seven, eight, nine months or so since we brought the podcast back uh, last summer? Because we've had so many favourite moments, we thought we'd both bring a couple of our favourite moments. And in fact, I'm going to bring you my first best bit, first best, first of my First of my best bits. Does that sound okay? I think it does. I'm actually going to take you back to the episode where we first spoke to We Are Dommy. So this was back in <laughs> January. Are all of our best bits just going to be our various chats with We Are Dommy? Because if they are, <laughs> this is going to be very embarrassing. <laughs> it's going to be like Star so, Wars as well. You're going to have to like put them in a proper chronological order. 
<laughs> so I'm going to take you back to the 12th of January uh, when we brought you an exclusive interview with City Zerny from Latvia. So about a week before this podcast uh, in January, the Latvian songs for Supernova announced and only one captured everybody's imagination. It was City Zerny's song called Eat Your Salad. And at the time, Everybody just thought this was quirky, this was a bit of fun, but nobody was really hearing from the band. So I thought, I'm going to reach out to them and see if they want to do an interview. They very quickly said yes. And it turned out to be their very first interview in English and their very first interview about the Eurovision Song Contest. So I thought it's only right that we bring you that chat again, or at least a small portion of it. So this is what happened when I caught up with Yarnis and the rest of the boys from City Zerny back in January. So it's actually pretty simple. It's about uh, taking care about the environment that we're in. And uh, we saw that current efforts of uh, attracting young people to sorting their trash and to applying some vegetarianism or paying attention to what they're eating have not been as successful as we'd like them to be. So we thought, what would uh, attract their attention? And uh, sex attracts everybody's attention, right? So we try to make it as sexy as we could. Toms, can I ask you yeah. about Eat Your Salad, the song, of course, in Supernova this year. Can you remember hearing it for the first time or some of the lyrics that Yarnis and Darkness had, had written? And you remember thinking, what on earth is this? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it wasn't that uh, big of a surprise for us because uh, for uh, people outside of the Latvian, maybe it could be for Latvians, I guess our audience know that in Latvian we write Kind of uh, similar lyrics, but in Latvian, yeah, it's it's always a little bit uh, triggering, a little bit uh, weird. But uh, I would say it was also a little bit surprised that uh, Yanis uh, made this first line, especially. <laughs> you know, I think it's 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 what what we are doing. You know, we're trying to make these lyrics uh, stand out. Now, Yanis, I've got. A couple of questions for you that are directly to you, given you're the one who's written this very first line of the song that's got everybody talking. Honestly, I've not seen anything on my Twitter, my TikTok for the last seven days, apart from people talking about this lyric. So, first of all, are you allowed to sing that in Supernova? Have the broadcaster said, yeah, that's fine, you can sing that lyric? Yeah, so uh, actually we have gotten a confirmation that we can do it in the local selections. Um, and, and the justification being that it's not necessarily explicit, right? It, it is cheeky, <laughs> but it's not necessarily explicit. So we have confirmation that we will be able to perform it in the local selections. Uh, regarding the large contest, well, uh, probably not, but we have a few, again, cheeky plans uh, how to circumvent that. But uh, we'll keep those to ourselves until, uh, until the national finals uh, are, have taken place. Oh, that's annoying because that was my next question. Naturally, what what's the plan <laughs> if you get to Eurovision and Turin and they say, "Well, I'm sorry, you can't sing that lyric." Are you going to? I'm trying no, no, to. No, no. I mean, uh, the, the the thing is that we can't sing it, but uh, somebody else can. So that that's the answer that I'm willing to give for the time being. Uh, one last one from me. You guys can choose who answers it. What message do you have to all the people who are listening right now who may be in Latvia or? maybe elsewhere across Europe and can somehow figure out a way of voting. What message do you have to those who will hopefully be able to vote for you in Supernova uh, in a few weeks' time? So firstly, keep on listening. And uh, secondly, consider taking our call to arms. Consider instead of meat, eating veggies and pussy.
I feel like we've got so close to so many of the acts from Eurovision 2022. Like, it's so sad, isn't it, at the end of every Eurovision year that you almost say goodbye to that year's class, that year's representatives, and then you cast them aside and you move on with the, <laughs> the representatives of the following year's Eurovision Song Contest. But yeah, Latvia as well, and the boys from City Zerny. Like you said, James, fair play. You did their first ever interview with them about Eurovision, which is what you've just heard some of there. And then, let's not forget, you also got the chance to catch up again on the turquoise carpet. I remember when they came around the turquoise carpet and we said, right, there's City Zerny. Let's remind them that we were the first interview. And do you remember the faces and do you remember the shock when they realised who we were and just them reminiscing about doing their first interview in English and what their journey has been like so far? Yeah, it was such a lovely moment. One of my highlights of Turin. There weren't many. No, I'm joking. One of, <laughs> one of my highlights of Turin, that really was. I think the rain was probably hammering down by that point as well. So it was a very soggy City Zerny that remembered and were reminiscing about that chat that you've just heard there, the very first interview they did about the Eurovision Song Contest. I don't know about you, James, it's got a proper like end of term feel, today's podcast. It does. It feels like, um, did you have these toy day when it was the end of term and you got to bring in your favourite toy? Are you are you too old to have to have had those? I don't know. <laughs> what, am I too old that toys existed in my day? <laughs> now, they used to wheel the TV out. I mean, you won't have had that because presumably you had those like smart whiteboards by the time you were at school. But yeah, they used to to wheel the TV out and used to watch like Shrek about eight times on the last day of term. I remember that much. And sometimes you got to wear your own clothes. That was exciting. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wheel out the big speakers so that you can play us one of your favourite memories from the last few months of the Euro trip. (laughs) Very, very nicely done. Yeah, we're going back to... My chat with, and this sounds odd, but I promise you it's worth it, uh, one of the class of Eurovision 2021, because one of the joys of this year's coverage of Eurovision here on the podcast has been the chance to catch up again with some of the artists that we got so close to the previous year ahead of the contest in Rotterdam. I'm talking about the boys from Finland. I'm talking about Blind Channel. Blind Channel, of course, they walked so that the Rasmus could run. No, it didn't quite work out (laughs) like that, did it? Or vice versa. You know what I mean. Anyway, I caught up with Blind Channel, I think before Christmas. I think we finally heard the the interview back in Jan. But also I did the interview with Bella Quist. You know, Bella, SVT expert, Melody Festival expert, lover of all things Eurovision, big fans of Bella here on the podcast. So me and Bella caught up with Blind Channel. However, we did so from a very unusual location. Now, I don't know if you remember this. Here's a clip from some of our interview that we popped on social media after it had aired, because here's where we spoke to them from. We're in a library, and they're like, somebody just told us to shut the fuck up, so that's why we're like turning it down. And we're pretty noisy, like, because we're noisy people. So, yeah. so it's difficult for us, but uh, we try to keep it down as much as possible. If someone comes to scream at us, don't mind. We apologize for that, too. So, yeah, it's understandable that one of my best bits, one of my favorite moments from the last few months was when me and Bella caught up with Blind Channel in the library. Well, this is some of our chat when we caught up that day. Life, life's been really, really busy, like, lately. And it's been an amazing year. We did, like... 16 shows in the summer yeah big big shows and and then right now we're on tour touring all over finland we finished our fourth album 
like it's Dark Side became the most streamed song in Finland this year. So yeah, like it's it's incredible that everything happened only in one year because like we we really haven't had time to like process all of all that's happened. You're saying about um your song being the most streamed song in Finland this year, which is brilliant. And um I just feel like this year, uh, potentially even last year, you know, what happened is we're seeing like a shift in Eurovision, I think, where we're seeing a younger audience come and discover it. And I think that you guys are very much part of this, like we're seeing this rock audience. Like, did you reflect on that at all? Um, and were you ever like considering not doing Eurovision for any reason? Um, because I guess uh, there's not been that much rock in the past. Well, like what I'm thinking is that it's really not only about Eurovision, like rock, rock and roll, like electric guitars are definitely coming back everywhere. Like we've seen that, like Machine Gun Kelly and Post Malone, like has electric guitars. Even the the Even new Billy Irish. Yeah, rock is like everywhere. And then, like definitely, because the social media generation is like our age right now, like 20, yeah. 20, 20 somethings. So it's like it's a scene that's happening all over the place not only in eurovision i think eurovision is starting to become something else that it used to be back in like 2000s and 2010s because back in that time it was more like a eurovision like choke every year the same choke repeated itself but right now it's more like a pop music um performing place in general and that's why all the social medias are in so big part of that because it's not only the television broadcast it's it's all around the place and yeah i mean i guess it's the changing of seasons or something like that but i mentioned how you guys have of course changed perceptions for people and changed perceptions at eurovision as well we had a question on that on social media iiesc on twitter asked has your view of music changed because of course at Eurovision you're exposed to so many different genres like you said it's very pop music heavy but we had different genres this year and I think that's only going to happen going forward as well well like I think our taste in music our view of music has been the same since the early 2000s yeah <laughs> like, yeah like yeah we don't we loved the music that like we're still reliving that like the new metal and the big rock bands the rock era it happened in finland as well as well as globally and we were kids back then so that really left a mark on us and we're still like reliving that and we've never been afraid of pop music like we love yeah. pop music that's why we call our music violent pop music because we love like we want to make it to mainstream and we don't see that you can't make pop like you can't make pop with electric guitars like pop is a way to approach music you can make a pop rock song or even pop metal or whatever like pop is just a way to like approach music from a point of view to make it like made it stuck in your head and made playing in the radio and make everybody like the big masses fall in love with it and that's like our style in making music and the kind of music we love you begin to forget, don't you? Uh, of all the great things we get to bring you listening at home, you, f- you seem to forget some of them. And Blind Channel being in a library of all places had totally slipped my memory. So I'm so glad you chose that to, to bring to the table today. Because, I, yeah, like I say, I totally forgot that actually happened. Seems like a bit of a dream. It was just so funny when it did happen as well, because like they obviously like appeared on the Zoom call and you automatically, at least I do anyway, like judge the person that you're speaking to is like 
background. Like, oh, where are they? Is that, that that can't be their house? Yeah, and, and it was Nico and Joel from Blind Channel on the on the Zoom call. I was like, they is that? There's a lot of books there. Oh, oh, they are in a library. Oh, I see. And it was very funny, yeah, because like the boys mentioned it there at one point. I think like, what do you have? Are they called a library monitor or like a library warden? I don't know. Or they a, come a librarian, Rob. I think that's what they call a librarian. That's what they call them. They call them a librarian. Uh, yeah, the librarian came over at one stage and told them to quieten down. And I was like, do you realise who you're talking to? Because Blind Channel, pretty pretty big deal after Eurovision. Oh, yeah, I'm so glad you chose that. And it was great to have Bella on that podcast as well. We're, yeah, we, we get on so well with Bella, and I'm sure she'll be appearing on the podcast again later in the year as we probably start to build up our coverage for Eurovision 2023. Oh, I think that's the first time I've said Eurovision 2023 out loud. Oh, it sounds a, sounds a little bit weird. Sounds a bit weird, but I think it's marginally easier to say than Eurovision 2022. But I'm going to bring you my second best bit. That still doesn't make sense. My second the second of my best bits. Is that okay? Your, that your second and final best bit. Yes, my, my second favourite bit uh, from the last few months of our coverage here on the Eurotrip. And we mentioned it earlier on. We were so lucky to head out to Stockholm back in March for the final of Melody Festivalen. And one of the favourite things I think I've ever done was when we brought you the reaction to the final of Melody Festival and we were inside the arena and we got to catch up with some of the artists we spoke to Cornelia we spoke to so many people who were involved in that show and one of the people we spoke to was one and only Anders Bagger do you remember that Rob? Uh, yeah I can't not think about Anders Bagger and just think about a tweet I saw after obviously we knew that the sun had broken in Turin and someone it was like a picture of what Sweden's performance may look like if the sun didn't work because of course Anders makes a lot of use of a, a big old LED screen which would have been <laughs> would have been tricky had Anders got the Swedish ticket to Turin but what a guy what a fella I mean you and him have got a very special bond it was a bit of a bromance we ended up <laughs> creating yeah I was meant to speak to him for the first time uh, before his heat he missed the interview and then he ended up calling me on an unknown number. I was like, who on earth is this? And it was Anders saying, I'm ready. I know you don't know who I am or w- what my number is, but I'm ready for the interview. Let's go. And we ended up speaking for about half an hour, 45 minutes. And this is the interview I'm going to bring you. In fact, no, I'm going to bring you the interview that I did with him after the final of Melody Festival and where he came second to Cornelia. And within that chat, I remind him that he missed the interview and you'll you'll hear the realization as he remembers who I am. So I just had to play you this. So this is what happened when I caught up with Anders after the final of Melfest 2022. So from Casiopeia, we now find ourselves with the runner-up of Melody Festival in 2022. How does that sound? I am the most happiest second placer on earth. Do you know what, Anders? I remember a few weeks ago when I was lying on my sofa at home and you called me because you'd missed my interview. Do you remember? Yes. Do you know what? I couldn't place you. <laughs> I, I, know, I know this guy. Did he interview me at the hotel? But we were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be great. Yes. I love this guy. I love this guy. So you're in Sweden now, man. Here we are in Sweden. I remember ch- talking to you at the time. Yes. And what a journey you'd been on before you'd even taken part in Melody Festival. And, and yet here you are, all these weeks later, in the final. Yes. You won the public vote. That must just be the most incredible experience you've had over the last few weeks. 
That is one of the most incredible uh, experiences I've had in my life when it comes to me as an artist. So I tried to tell like this. It's a little bit like when you had your first number one, that, that, that feeling, that arousing feeling that you have, like you feel exactly the same thing now when I just sang. That's when I got like, oh, I'm singing in front of people. I dare. I can do this. So... Anything else, I just want everything. I, I want, I, as I'm saying, coming second place was the best thing that could happen to me because I believe in my heart that Cornelia has a bigger shot out in Europe than I. Tell us what that reaction is like in the arena when you were up on that stage and you got what sounded like to me the biggest round of applause, the biggest cheer when you were performing on the stage. What does that feel like inside? It's... Uh, it's um, you know when you kiss a woman or for the first time? Yeah. That feeling. Times 27,000. Hey, that's a good feeling then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's quite a good feeling. It's, 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 it's really crazy. What next for you, Anders? Because we know you're a massive name outside of singing yourself. Yeah. You're a massive songwriter, producer. Yeah. What next from now on? I'm doing my own record. Now that is going to get a lot of people, especially here in Sweden, very excited. Yeah, but I think also now I feel like I'm going to do my own record and release it outside. I'm a piano player. It will be much Adele. You know, you will hear me. It's it's good songs. They have a lot of um, passion in them. And Adele is one of my biggest, you know, uh, favorites. So I will honor a lot of different people, and you know, with my songs. Hey, I don't want to tell everything right now, but you need to get back to me on that one, and you can buy the record for only nine ninety five. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Watch this face. We might get an Anders Bagger Adele duet. How about that? Oh, I'm telling you, Adele, if you want to sing a duet with me, I said no to Celine Dion. Will you say yes if I? Uh, yeah, can I ask you, Adele? Do you want to do a duet with me? Well. Let's soon see if Adele Don't gets tell back my to you. Wife. <laughs> Anders Bagger, thank you so much for joining us. Bye bye. Bye bye. You're listening to the Euro Trip. It's our end of season special. If you've liked anything that you've heard, not even just today, over the course of the year, and you want to remind us, please do at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email, hello at EuroTripPodcast.com, like Fergus did that we read out earlier on. Who knows? Maybe you'll get an actual reply from us, or who knows? Maybe we'll <laughs> save it up and then we'll read it out on our first episode back later on in the year. And maybe you can get in touch and tell us what some of your favourite bits of the Eurotrip have been over the last few months. Uh, And you can also tell, by the way, that my chat with Anders was one of the favourite things I've done, or at least just being in Stockholm for Melody Festival and and that whole reaction episode that we did, where we speak to so many of the artists afterwards. You can tell that was one of my favourite parts, because in that chat with Anders, I was so hyped and excited and on a high that I was speaking so fast I was just so excited by the whole thing normally I just speak really slowly but but in that I just speak it sounds like I'm on two times speed you know when you really need to listen to something quickly and you put it on a, on high speed that's what I sound like just talking normally I don't know about you but I heard somebody the other day say to me that they listen to all of their podcasts on 1.5 speed I was like what so that must be awful what do we sound like on 1.5 speed? I might have to go and do this after we've recorded this. Let's <laughs> but then if we start to put it on 1.5 speed, like. then that's going to really ruin it when they put it on 1.5 speed. <laughs> then it'll be like times three speed. Anyway, it just blew my mind. The idea that people listen to their podcasts like that sounds horrible. Really, really does. So we've had your best bits. Should we have my final best bit? And this really has been my favourite thing that we've done. And 
it's ironic that this is my favourite thing that we've done because it doesn't involve any of the hard work that this podcast normally does because it didn't involve interviewing anybody. It didn't involve travelling to cover an event. It was just something I found on Spotify. (laughs) Oh, what is this? I'm going to have to try and figure out what it is, but I don't know what it is. Do you remember when I stumbled across a playlist that was exclusively made up of various bits of Eurovision theme music? Oh, it's the theme music. I thought it was going to be the Eurovision remixes, but it's not. It's the theme music. Yes, remember this. Oh, the Eurovision remixes is good as well. So go back and listen to our previous <laughs> episode where I stumble across the the bizarre Eurovision remixes, including a remix of Bonnie Tyler's Believe in Me that has to be heard to be believed. But yeah, this is when I just happened across one of my favourite Spotify playlists ever. It's a collection of various theme tunes from the history of the Eurovision Song Contest. And I just thought I had to share it with both you at home and also with James as well. James, I want to bring you a little bit of a show and tell. If, if you're up for that, you may remember this in school. You might have done a show and tell. And I'm going to bring it to the podcast. Do you know what, actually? In school, I never did a show and tell. So this is virgin territory for me. So I'm very excited. I once brought my dog in for show and tell at school. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, we we had a we had a puppy, which I thought was very exciting for Chantel. So I managed to somehow persuade my mum to bring the dog in, which was exciting. So we did that, and the dog weed on the back of a a, a girl's jumper. Oh, no. Yeah, um, but I don't think she realised, and because I was I don't know seven, I don't think I told her what had happened. Um, so I think presumably what would have happened is she would have put the jumper on to go home and realise it was covered in wing. Well, I certainly hope I don't walk away from this show and tell in a similar situation. <laughs> Plot twist. That's No, that's not what's going to happen. Um, I have found what is possibly my favourite Spotify playlist of all time. Uh, other playlists are available? No, I don't need to say that. Welcome and thank you to Matthew Tyler Howells for creating this playlist. I discovered this the other day. And yes, you can tell it was a quiet day. (laughs) This is an entire playlist made up of Eurovision theme music. Now, to quote the description, theme music and host songs from past Eurovision Song Contests. An incomplete list also includes themes from Melody Festival. James, are you excited? This is so far up my street, as my brother would say, the postman just doesn't deliver there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like that very much. Now, we've got all sorts in here. Um, we've got uh, the 2016 theme music. Let's have a little blast of that then, shall we? Now, already, this is recognisable. This is bringing it all back, isn't it? Honestly, it just feels like yesterday listening to some of these. Oh, just so It just brings back so many memories, doesn't it? Oh, this is Mons and Petra and oh, so many happy memories of the, the 2016 contest. James, where do you want to go next? You've got the you've got the the playlist in, in front of you. Where do you want to go? Honestly, there's so many to choose from, but I want to cast your eyes up to the very bottom of the playlist. Can you see that one at the bottom? Oh, yeah. One together from Melfest back in 2018. Do you remember this one? Yeah. Now, oh, this is good, isn't it? So, who's singing on this? Is it? I think. Is it David Lindgren? I'm pretty sure it is. I think it is. Love me a Melfest sort of common song. That's what they call it, wouldn't it? It'd be the common song, like we have in Junior. 
Yeah, honestly, this sort of thing. You have just found a treasure trove of stuff on here, Rob. Well done. What? Don't thank me. Thank Matthew Tyler Howells, as I said. He's the one that put this playlist together. Now, I can't quite decide which Eurovision this is from. I, I need your help with this. So, there is a track here called Wolverine, which, on the face of it, doesn't sound like a Eurovision song. But if you have a listen... That's recognisable, isn't it, as a piece of Eurovision theme music? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We're struggling, though, aren't we? Trying to pinpoint the year. It's it's one of the Swedens, isn't it? It's either 2016, which we heard a bit of, you know, some of the other music earlier, or is it 2013? I think it's, if I had to put my eggs in a basket, in Eurovision terms, I reckon this is 2013. So if you're listening to this at home or on the bus or wherever you are and you're listening to that going, of course it's Eurovision 20 dot dot dot. Put us out of our misery, please, uh, at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter. We'd love to be told whether we're right or wrong. Is it 2013? Is it 2016? Or are we just completely wrong? There are some other gems in here. We've got the the music from my favourite Eurovision opening of all time. We've all got a favourite Eurovision opening, I think. Uh, This was mine. This, oh, just hits different. This is the theme music from Eurovision 2000, the first Eurovision of the millennium, held again in the Globen in Stockholm. I remember watching this and you've got like futuristic things like high-speed trains in the VT. It's all very exciting. But then also, let's not forget, we've got some of the stuff from Rotterdam on there as well. Open up to Rotterdam, the power of water. And honestly, listening to that, it just feels like Rotterdam was just two days ago. And yet, as we found out last week, we are over six months away. And we are now closer to 2022 than we are to 2021. Let's leave the the theme of the winner by Eric Van Tinge which is what we're playing at the moment let's let's play that let's leave that to uh, to play us out we can pretend that we're Manishkin we can pretend that we've just won the Eurovision Song Contest as we're uh, as we're having a listen to this this is the Eurotrip and our final episode of the 2022 season you know that you've been listening from the start oh that brought back so many memories not just of recording that episode and bringing it to you but just when you hear all those bits of theme music it it just brings back special memories doesn't it when you hear the theme music from certain editions of the Eurovision Song Contest you remember where you were whether you were actually at the event or whether you're having a party oh it just brings back a flood of memories you say that although do you not now fear that after everything that happened to us in Turin, the minute we start hearing the theme music from Eurovision 2022, we're just going to come out in a cold sweat. <laughs> Me go, where's my bag? You go, oh no, I've tested positive. Oh, honestly, <laughs> what else could have gone wrong? <laughs> we need Eurovision 2023 to erase the memories of Eurovision 2022. That's what we need. Hey, at least we can laugh about it anyway. That's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, those were a couple of mine and James's favourite moments from the last few months. As James has already mentioned, do let us know what some of yours are, please. We'd love to find out. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at Eurotrip Podcast, or over on Insta as well. Or send us an email if you like, hello at EurotripPodcast.com. But we are reaching the end of this episode. But don't you think you've gotten away without us bringing you the one second song. It's been a few weeks. I think it's been well over a month since we actually brought you an edition of the one second song. So to make up for it, we're both going to bring you one. So it's it's double trouble on the one second song. 
Yeah, we couldn't have an end of term special. We couldn't be wheeling out the TV on the last day of term and not play <laughs> some games. That's why we've got Double Trouble, two one-second songs for you this week. And, James, I think that could, possibly, depending on how things go, could change everything on the leaderboard. It could do. It's all to play for. So let's just remind you, a big thanks to Martin, who months ago started a a spreadsheet so we could keep tabs on what the score is. And I'll bring you the points update now. I'm currently on 24. Rob, you are on 26. So it's all to play for. So I think to keep the suspense high, I should go first. So you play me yours so that I can try and claw some points back. And then we'll find out who the winner is after I've done yours. <laughs> you weren't sure that way. You were trying to work out. You were like, if I play now, yeah. That'll, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, you're right. So for the first time then, for you and for everybody listening, here is my one second song. Oh, there's a bit of vocal at the end as well there. Oh, I feel like I know what it is, but... Oh, it's been so long since you did the one second song. I forgot how agonising it is. Now, because this is the end of season special, we should say that the one second songs that you're going to hear today are linked to people that we've spoken to on the podcast over the last few months. There's your clue. Thanks for reminding me about that, because I would have probably guessed somebody totally irrelevant to the podcast so i'm gonna to have to try and whittle it down to who i remember has been on the podcast let me hear it once more to try and jog my memory oh i think i think i might be able to claw a few points back to try and keep me in the game so of course there's four points up for grabs isn't there rob we have to try and guess the song title the artist the year and the country that it was representing so can i go straight in with the country i think it might be lithuania Oh, blimey. I hope I'm really not far off here. I think it's Lithuania. I think it's 2013. Is it Andreas Pajarvis with... Oh, I don't know the song title. I don't know. I'm not even going to guess, but I'm going to try and pin my hope on those three points. Tell me, how, how have I got on? You often use the football analogy of hitting the post when it comes to the one-second song. Yeah. I don't know if you've quite hit the post, but it's it's gone it's gone past the goal. Like, it's gone wide of the goal, <laughs> but not by much. Does that make sense? Okay, come on then. What, what have I done? So you mentioned Andreas Pajarvis, who did indeed join me for one of the more bizarre interviews that we brought you this year. He represented <laughs> Lithuania in 2013. But a couple of weeks before he joined us on the podcast, James, you may remember that I had a chat with two-time Eurovision representative from Romania, Ovi. Oh my goodness, how did I get that wrong? So the one second song that you were trying to guess is Paula Selling and Ovi from 2014 with Miracle. I don't know if it's right, but I got a feel. And I want to believe this is magical If you only knew all the things I could tell you We could be dancing with stars in the night It's so magical So magical So beautiful That's so, so embarrassing, isn't it? I don't think I've ever been so confidently wrong I didn't even, oh my goodness, my reputation has been thrown in the bin here. I just remember that it was a song from about a decade ago 
And I was thinking who we had on the podcast from around that time. And I knew it was him. Oh my goodness, please. If you've listened to that and me get that wrong, that's not my usual standard of Yuvish knowledge, okay? I promise you, I'm a bit more knowledgeable than that. But this all means that I take home the one second song trophy. How exciting. It's impossible for you now to regain those points, to claw back that lead. And here I am, the winner of the imaginary one second song (laughs) shield. Well, as promised, we have one more one second song to bring you. What do they call this in sport where it's already decided? Is it a dead rubber? Yeah, it's a dead rubber. This is is like my victory lap, depending on how this goes. Well, you're definitely victorious. I don't know if you'll become any more victorious with this one, because here is my one second song for you. I don't think I have a clue what that is. I don't think I've ever heard that before in my life. I'll give you a little bit of a clue. About five minutes before we start to record, this is an insight for you listening at home. Rob sent me a message and said, have you prepared your one second song? Don't forget, it has to be from somebody who has joined us on the podcast. I kind of forgot about that memo and have picked a song that somehow relates to somebody we've had on the podcast. Oh, goodness <laughs> sake. Somehow relates to somebody we've had on the podcast. So we've been joined by hundreds of guests over the last few months. And it is this somewhere related to one of them. Um, I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to make it up. Um, I'm going to say that it's linked in some way to your favourite person that you've spoken to ever, which is uh, Anna Celine, of course. We all know that. Anna Celine, <laughs> who represented Estonia at Eurovision in 2002. So it's going to be Estonia 2002. Five, uh, the Tallinn tail feathers, and <laughs> oops, a daisy. And it's no surprise you didn't get any points there. <laughs> I imagine some of you at home listening. I bet you some of you got this, but in fact, Rob, I've taken you back to the wonderful year of nineteen seventy nine. That was, of course, Ted Gordestad with Satellite. Tremere's favourite song. Yes, you did it. You remembered. Well done. Yeah. Oh, when she joined us for the contest and me, that feature-length chat that you had with her, where she talked all things about hosting Eurovision twice, of course, going to Monzamalav's summer house with Edward <laughs> Afsillen, Sweden's commentator and the man behind Love, Love, Peace, Peace. But in that chat somewhere, she said that there was one Melody Festival and song and one Swedish Eurovision entry that she sang time after time in the school playground. And it was that one, wasn't it? 
It was indeed great memory, yeah, and great great promotion for that for that episode of the podcast we did last year. If you are new round here and you didn't know we spoke to Petra Merda, she doesn't do English language interviews very often. I'm, I don't know if she's actually done any since Eurovision 2016. Go and check that out. I can promise you it'll be an hour of your life that you will love from beginning to end. It was well, honestly... I didn't play you any of it in our, my best bits there, but probably my favourite thing I've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> I love that. You're like, ah, oh, I should have put that as one of my best bits, shouldn't I? Yeah, but you didn't. I should have done like, really. We, I we, enjoyed, done. we enjoyed what you brought us. It was great. But yeah, it just means that people have got to go back and listen to that chat with Petra if they haven't already, and that's absolutely fine. But here we are. This is it. That's it for, for Eurovision 2022 season, as I guess we'll call it. And what a joy it has been to do it alongside you once again. You know about me or the listeners? I'm going to pretend it's me and just carry on and very humbly accept it. Oh, it's been it's been great, hasn't it? Since we since we came back last, was it July or August when we brought the contest and me back? And then we started to build up to junior Eurovision and then we brought you through national final season all the way up to the grand final in Turin. I've loved every single second. The best part about doing this podcast, Rob, you'll probably agree, is getting messages from people listening at home. That is honestly the best part to see your reaction, to see what you like, to see sometimes what you don't like, and just to get that feedback all the time. I absolutely love it when you get in touch. Could not agree more. Honestly, it means so much to know that so many of you out there are listening. It's incredible. So please do keep getting in touch because the more messages you send, the better we feel. (laughs) (laughs) the more the more that we enjoy it but honestly i love doing this podcast it's so great and we've got so many plans for next season as we build up to eurovision 2023 and james can we announce that the contest in me is coming back i guess i've just said it i suppose you have done the most important thing for you to do after listening to today's episode is to make sure you stay subscribed and make sure you're following us on socials at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. That is when you'll find out when we're going to come back with a bang. So make sure you do both of those things. Yeah, the contest and me, some chats with some of the most well-known Eurovision fans from around the globe will be with you in the summer. So like James said, stay subscribed. And then even later on in the year, we've got some very special plans. We're going to do things a little bit differently in the run-up to Eurovision 2023, but you'll have to stay tuned to find out what that is. So, until we are back with you next time, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, for the final time, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, have a good summer. It's goodbye.